Hi everyone, welcome once again to the 24-bit podcast and today we are back to do our monthly roundup uh, looking back at big stories, big happenings in tech that made the rounds uh, in the month and in this case the month of February. This follows our January roundup. So as usual with me, I have the usual suspects. Dick Santiano from techish.com. And Nick Anali from Tech Trends. And today we are honored to have a guest on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi everyone, thank you for having me. My name is Juno Kao. I'm a Kenyan lawyer by training, but currently in the US. Um, very passionate about law and tech and the intersection of law, policy and regulation. Good. Thank you, June, for joining us. And I'll start right with you. Please share with us uh, one of the biggest happenings in tech plus your area of operation and all of those things that will be of interest to our audience, please. Yeah, I think a big one, especially in the litigation space, has been around, um, there's a number of cases that have happened over the past month. Um, I'll just start with the U.S. American ones because big tech, as we know, it is American-centric. There are two cases that were had on the 21st and 22nd of February at the U.S. Supreme Court around um, platform liability. So this law is called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, and it essentially provides for protection of tech companies and tech platforms from being sued for third-party content. So think about it as you post content on Facebook, the app, for example, that is problematic, is illegal. The law, at least in the U.S., provides and states that you cannot sue Facebook. You sue the person who posted the the content, the third-party creator of that content. So the first case was around, was um, it's called Gonzalez versus Google, and it was around an anti-terrorism attack that happened in Paris where an American citizen was killed. Um, ISIS took responsibility for that attack. This was several years ago. Um, But the family of the the deceased victim took Google to court. And the claim was around the product YouTube. So you know how on the YouTube app, when you log in, um, you get to see whatever videos you're watching. But then on the side, it recommends other videos that you can watch. And so what was actually before the courts was whether recommender algorithms make platforms or the software companies or the tech companies liable for that content. Typically, under First Amendment law and freedom of speech law and freedom of expression law, the this, the position is that if you create content as a speaker or a publisher, you're liable for it as because you're considered an author of that content. But then if you just distribute it, then you're not, which is the same logic that was being used for for these tech companies, saying that we just provide a platform. Whatever third-party content creator puts, that's up to them. It's not us. Um, So this case has been, this issue, at least the confusion around the specific law has been going on for a while, and it's been a huge debate. The Supreme Court finally decided to take this case, and so it was very interesting to listen to the the proceedings of the case. These are just oral arguments, so we won't have a decision until at least April, May, so a number of months out. Um, but at least from the hearings um, or the oral arguments, it was interesting to note a number of things. Number one, the disconnect between just any judicial bench and understanding or appreciating how tech works and the legalities around it. They use very, very many analogies, which just confused all of us. And even the judges literally said a number of times, like, I'm so confused, you know, I'm so confused because the lawyers that they had um, either were not able to articulate what the issues and where the intersection of the law versus what their claims were. So that was interesting to see. 
I think the other thing that came up as well was the judges just literally saying we're not the greatest, we're we're not the we're this you don't have the experts, the internet experts in this bench, right? They just said we're not the inter we're not the experts when it comes to technical and technology things. So that was interesting to note as well. Um, the same thing happened the following day. There was a case against Twitter. It's called Tamna versus Twitter, which was around platforms being used to aid and abet, in quotes, um, crime or problematic content. This specific one was really focused on the cracks of aiding and abetting, which is around like criminal law. So think of if someone is going to rob a place, let's say like Chenze wants to rob the bank loop or or if dixon is mad at loop and wants to attack <laughs> i actually i actually could use the money i'll do that <laughs> yeah and and you give him your car right you help him get access or for example if you work at loop and you help someone get access you know that would typically be considered aiding and abetting but in tech and on platforms the question is are these platforms acting as facilitators or enablers based on the content that they put out and the algorithms that they have. So it's an interesting case, um, both interesting cases. We wait and see how they play out. Um, my sense and my gut feeling is that they'll probably send it back to Congress, which is the parliament, to just re-legislate that law. And like what would typically happen in Kenya where you might have a judge making a call on it. The US is very clear on separation of powers. Good. Thank you, June. Now, uh, while we are staying with the creators thing and still in the US, we had some interesting news at the start of the month. Um, Elon Musk has many of his faults and he runs Twitter like we run our Twitter feeds. Anyway, but he came and said something that is of interest to us because we do create content and we do put online. And as you know, we really love our Twitter. He said Twitter is not going to uh, start a revenue share. Oh, yeah. Creators. So... How does, uh, to ask you a question, how does that look like? Because he hasn't shared details about how they're going to implement all of that. So from a legal standpoint and an operational uh, standpoint, like what should somebody like me who, who just is constantly engaging on Twitter, how should I look forward to? Should I be excited? Or is this something only US people should be excited about? Yeah, if you've had the news. Yeah, let's start with a disclaimer. This is not legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know no 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 we don't do that yeah um but i mean there's there's a lot of conversations happening around twitter and how it's being run right from a governance mm. issue like how can one person decide wake up and decide what happens on the platform and there's a lot a lot of academic conversations happening around that even with governance officials um elon is unique and is peculiar um, I do I do appreciate and we, we are all aware of the realities which are whatever decisions are made, especially for American tech companies based and headquartered in the US, will probably and likely start being implemented in the US. I'm yet, I'm, I'm yet to see or to figure out how that will work on the continent and what that looks like, even in terms of rev share. So I guess for me it's a wait and see. I don't have any I, <laughs> I don't have any official opinion for me to wait and see at this point because even implementing it, right? There's so many things that he has to go around to figure out. I mean, and his, this, I mean, I think Twitter has bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is quite interesting, mm. and I am writing something on the same, mm. is 
how Elon's uh, ideas look crazy uh, wakati anazisema then one month down the line every other social media platform is copying it ah, good when they introduced verification everyone yeah. was like blah 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 verification uh, why would yeah. i pay eight dollars blah blah now uh, meta introduced uh, verification yeah. for instagram and facebook Tumblr is doing something uh, comical with the same uh, where you can even buy verification for another account and all that. So in less than a month it's now normal mm-hmm. to pay for verification mm-hmm. when uh, just a few months ago just a few weeks ago it looked like something absurd. So at wakati anasema oh you'll be paid for your tweets uh, if ads appear below the tweets and all that. Mm-hmm. It may look like something crazy right now. But this is a conversation that has gone on for a while. Mm-hmm. Everyone has been saying YouTube pays you to create content. When you put content there, you get adverts and you can get a commission mm-hmm. based on how how many adverts are viewed and all that. Facebook collects your data. Everyone has argued that Twitter collects Yes. Everyone has argued that argued and alleged. <laughs> so, uh if you can be paid to put content on a website it seems absurd that adverts under your tweets once you pay for verification and all that is when you'll be paid but over time the conversation i think will change and we'll see it uh, form uh, or uh, morph into something that's workable and something that people will be looking forward to yeah but remember he said uh, i mean should he implement this only apply to people who i mean twitter blue subscribers I mean, that's what yes. he said that's uh, why i'm saying it looks absurd right now that you have to pay for verification yeah. pay him a monthly charge and then get uh, paid to tweet but it's, over time as, as as you can see twitter has really changed in the past few months since his takeover mm-hmm. it looked negative but then there are some positive aspect towards it and all that so Let's see how it moves because I think it's being run like a startup. I have an idea. Right. Uh, I remember in November doing a story, you know, where he was also quoted saying, mm. I mean that YouTube, you know, um um uh, will pay creators more than what uh, I mean a higher proportion than what uh, than what uh, you know, uh, YouTube is doing. You know, so I'm really looking forward to see how he's going to implement that. I've just literally read an article about the great breakup. Oh, okay. Yes. So the great when who broke up Sorry yeah. to divert to divert the conversation but the great breakup is like strong female leaders leaving the workplace and the analogy or the example they're using mm-hmm. is the Australian is it prime minister uh, or president uh, okay. who quit and it also it also it also happened this month the youtube uh, head yeah so oh, yeah. stepped away mm-hmm. after after many years? years yeah i, I was i was yeah. interested to see whether if it had anything to do with the supreme court case because youtube was literally on the chopping board before the supreme court this week and it's the same week that Susan mm-hmm, quit mm-hmm. probably not interrelated but yeah but we are yet to figure out why she quit right she obviously said it was personal reasons and health and hobbies which everyone in big texas after reaching a certain level yeah, and it's, <laughs> you know they hit a certain tax bracket and they're like oh i just i just want to live life i want to work on personal projects yeah, I- And but but from the videos that we've seen yeah yeah no sandbag is understandable she's been there for like a while but for everyone else pinch of salt because yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, so from the days of the garage google yes. to employee number 16 yeah yeah but for other than those two who are prominent leaders in tech for everyone else really because um we get to see their day in the life videos they practically leave their hobbies at work so <laughs> <laughs> what do you leave work for anyway uh, now uh, jokes aside uh, if we are to look at the happenings in february which have 
a huge correlation with the happenings in January. There was a significant number of layout, uh, layoffs that continued in uh, in Feb. Mm -hmm. So we had a GitHub let go of 10% of its uh, staff. And GitHub has about 3,000 employees, so you know what 10% means. Yahoo, 20% of its uh, staff, and that affected mostly 1,600 people in its ad tech uh, side of the business. And we had Zoom letting go of 15% of its staff, around 1,300 people. And then Dell let go of 5% of its staff, that's 6,650 uh, people. And then Pinterest let go of 150 people. And Immobility Startup Rivian uh, let go of 6% of its workforce. But yeah, uh, the point is the tech layoffs continue. And most recent story from last weekend, uh, Chipakash conducted another round of layoffs, this time around affecting over 100 people. Yeah. And they basically wiped off the entire crypto department, even though the company has found a letter refuted those uh revelations and said they are still keeping their crypto department crypto is critical to the operations <laughs> and what's not something you don't like to hear <laughs> <laughs> and what's not but the news out there is of 100 people being let go so at this point it's looking like very grim so my question is beyond the observations i've made is when does it all end yep because even even for the cheaper you know they actually didn't before they made the official announcement about actually the layoffs yeah. Someone actually just sent us a scoop about the layoffs and, and, and we ran with the story. Because uh, if you notice, actually, um, before even else pick the story, manually to my unique exactly. So, um, and it, it really, like for, for, for cheaper and basically all the other startups we've seen in Africa that are doing layoffs, well, it's, it's so hard to understand why this happened considering. You know they've been raising so much funding and they you know, just they it, just bought uh, yeah. a startup in zambia right yeah they bought a yeah, towards the end of the year but of course there's the small matter or big matter of their founder one of their founders ftx yeah ftx had injected some cash into yeah. cheaper mm -hmm. and we all know what happened with ftx and some bankman fried and that whole circus that's one and two and then three these the, this trend all those other companies that have uh, whose names have read out for whatever happened in february so it's a trend everyone is being very cautious like the market has slowed down it's not that these people are making losses no just that their future projections are such that they need to maintain their profitability so how do they do that uh, by amping up the operations to maximize the money they're making but also spending as little as they can and usually when people are looking to do that the easiest stone to pick uh, is to just let go of people because I think something else I noticed during the pandemic, I think uh, most of these tech companies really did yeah, a lot. It was a crazy hiring. It was a crazy hiring spree, actually, from most of these tech companies, especially remote workers. And if you noticed, uh, you know, with this, um, there was an increased demand for yeah. their services. Yeah. yeah. And now they're letting off the same uh, workers they hired during you know, the pandemic. A lot of them during so the pandemic. Yeah. What I don't get, and it's the same thing with banks in Kenya, is. There, there has been profits. All these companies have been making good profits. Uh, right now, they are still projected to be making profits. Mm -hmm. So, uh, capitalism If we don't make the same profit as last year, better we fire you. Yeah, because shareholders will be up in arms. Yeah, you know, you know, I really feel bad for most of these employees who have been laid off. Um, because I was, there was an article on, on uh, Insider, I even shared on my Twitter feed, you know, last week. Mm -hmm. 
they were talking about how uh, how most of these tech companies spoiled workers for decades mm-hmm. and now layoffs are bringing them down to earth you know those parts i saw you talking yeah, about yeah. <laughs> you know people are used to being to you know umezwa you've been there for all these years mm-hmm. you're used to all these trips all these nice parks then boom all of a sudden you know it's all actually coming up coming back from that and just getting um getting back on on your feet and something else i noticed also another article was highlighting about how most of this now you know uh, long employees who have been working on these uh, companies are now coming out to build their own startups so that yes how, the upside yeah the upside yeah so i hope there'll be a surge on most of these tech startups you know, from this uh, people have been laid off so something to actually look forward to bitter sweet when they go fundraise from the same people laid exactly and, and <laughs> maybe even have their companies acquired now kenyapore held an immobility conference yeah. this month Mm. Yeah, um does that mean anything for uh, Nick you are the one who wrote about them yeah. converting yeah, 2000 yeah, yeah. of their vehicles to uh, EVs yes. or something. Uh, what does that mean for the future of EVs in this country? Because <laughs> if February has been nice for EVs, there's the news Nick wrote and there's the immobility conference where Kenya Power brought about players in the industry and other people of interest to chat like away a future blah blah and basigo has been all over the place in january we saw photos from the port yeah. of new electric buses coming yeah, then in february we, we saw them uh, delivering them to various partners super metro and others i i was hearing about for the so first time some announcement this week uh-huh, I, have a, i have a story on, you know in my draft eh, from um let me just check you know if you can go let me just check the other story hey mimi uh, to be very honest mm-hmm. i believe um in the idea of electric vehicles mm-hmm. but in the standpoint that they work best as public transport vehicles for uh, urban areas mm-hmm. especially in Kenya right now mm-hmm. uh take supermetro for example with basigo's uh, electric bus it makes sense because uh, it can cover most of nairobi doesn't require charging throughout the day yeah. uh isn't uh the congestion on the road because these buses are quite big eases on uh, fuel and all that mm-hmm. but take uh, yourself for example chenze if you take an electric car can it take you to home from here unaona nope nope yes so right now it makes sense for public transport yeah. in urban areas it doesn't go uh, these are places you don't cover large distances to have electric uh, buses or electric vehicles second of all i don't think we can trust kenya power as much with uh initwaje with electric uh, with electricity mm-hmm. one ndia uh, meshatuambia electricity can only get expensive <laughs> or or we don't <laughs> or get we don't get it. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> second of all we have we produce we have more electricity than we need mm-hmm. as kenya sindio yep, we produce yep. the we are we are top in green energy sindio yep. uh, we use geothermal and uh, hydroelectric yes yes and wind energy but we're so, not getting cheap power. but we are not getting cheap power because of one taxes mm-hmm. when you look at the breakdown of taxes when you for example i paid uh, 2000 for the month of uh, january and 700 is what was units is was ingine zote as ilikuwa taxes so we are paying more in taxes than uh, for the power mm-hmm. so uh, how will that be calculated say if i have an electric vehicle if 70 units are 2000 bob 70 units Uh, and the unit is how much a unit a uh, kilowatt hour is uh, like it's not even kilo what's the let me just look at my message so imagine charging a vehicle from 0 to 100 <laughs> how much will you be paying mm-hmm. so it still doesn't make sense uh, in terms of cost in Kenya 
maybe it's because uh, maybe that's why we need Kenya Power in there because if a third party is to implement a charging network, mm. you know they'll pay Kenya Power. Yes. They love to do negotiations differently do and, all, and all of those and those can be difficult. When it's Kenya Power doing that and there's government support because yes. for e-vehicles to take off mm. in Kenya, uh, the government will have to throw its weight behind them. Uh, offer some sort of subsidies. You know, this is how yes. it's worked elsewhere. I know the last thing Kenyans will want to hear right now is subsidies because it means the government spending more and the government doesn't have money. Mm. And lots of subsidies were already taken away from basic That's commodities true. and everything. But um, we're talking about the future here, so it could be next year, could be two years from now, five years. Uh, for EVs to take off, those will need to come in somewhere and part of the subsidies will have to go through uh, the cost of power so that the per unit uh building makes, makes sense yeah uh we've already complained of high uh, petrol and diesel pricing so having something uh that we can market for electric cars isn't going but to stay i don't think we really need kenya power first of all i think mm -hmm. we need to break the idea that we have a monopoly for yeah. of power. Yeah. yeah. So if we had very many suppliers of electricity, it will make sense to have uh, them compete against each other for, say, electric charging facilities. Mm -hmm. uh, Kenjan can move into uh, electric. Uh, they already they, announced they, that. They, they, are, yeah, they, they have their own plans. Yeah. They are they're doing tests with their own cars. Yes. Some in Embu or something uh, and in Olkaria. So if yeah. we can have an idea that we don't need, necessarily need a monopoly to supply power, mm -hmm. I think all the issues with power can come to rest. Uh, Second of all, I think another way of making uh, electric vehicles take off mm -hmm. is just to have government policy that every government official who is licensed to have a car under the government should use an electric vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, so the president, the ministers, the MPs all drive electric. And then you will see electric chargers across most parts of Kenya. Yeah. And you ban them from using flights yeah. uh, if they <laughs> are the helicopters. So come on to Antakwenda Mandera, a charge Yeah. You know, you know, that that will have worked a long time ago if we even force those people to use our roads. Our yeah. roads will be way it's better. better uh. Yeah. You know, Kenya Power was saying they have uh, you know installed a capacity of around uh, 33 uh, 3312 megawatts um, against a peak demand of 2132 megawatts during off peak which happens actually late at night. You know, they are saying that the demand dropped 300. At 300. Yes, yes. Not that 3, yeah, not that, yeah, 300. Yeah. So during off peak hours, mm -hmm. the demand drops to about, you know, um, 1,100 megawatts. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're thinking if people charge, you know, uh, you go to actually handle people actually charge their cars at night. You know, they believe they're able to handle, you know, off peak without disruptions. And Anybody see any electric cars that take off Kenya? I've already touched uh, uh, The rider should be in a uh, soon. But they will take off oh, at take some point. Away. It's the future. Yeah, it's the future. But I, I still argue that hybrid vehicles are what mm -hmm. we should be focusing on in case. A car that either uses both fuel and electricity or mm -hmm. one that uses fuel and charges a battery. Or one that, yes. <laughs> Why? Yeah, because we've already covered <laughs> distance and any electric vehicles cannot. Yeah. Second of all, it's cost of acquisition. Mm -hmm. Electric cars are still very expensive uh, to acquire. Compare the cost of, say, a new electric vehicle to what we... In Kenya, we buy second-hand vehicles from Japan mm -hmm. most of the time. So if you're to acquire an electric vehicle from Japan, it will be second-hand, one. 
that means it has been used for at least seven years in Japan. Yeah, yeah I, I wrote something uh, saying that Kenyans should have legislation on uh, electric vehicles before the dumping starts. Mm-hmm. So one of my arguments that article was that uh, we should have uh, a policy that states that if you're importing an electric car, the owner from Japan or wherever you're importing it from, mm-hmm. you'll have uh, you need the battery, uh, exchange the battery for a new pack mm-hmm. so that you don't buy an electric vehicle in your, when it was new, it could cover 500 kilometers, but now seven years down the line, it can only cover 100 kilometers. That means you're paying for the car, then you'll be paying for the battery. Then this dead batteries will be dumped in Kenya yes. in some way. Yeah. So the story I was looking for about Roma. So they announced a partnership. Is this Hitachi or Hitachi? How do you pronounce it? Hitachi. Yeah. So, um, so the collaboration will focus on electrification in Kenya and will be geared towards increasing the number of electric motorcycles and buses av- av- available you know, for public transport. And but that's it- why uh, electric uh, vehicles should focus on public transport. There are so many motorcycles currently, if you if you if you noticed that are electric. Yeah. Uh, many food delivery companies in Kenya, uh, especially in Nairobi, are using electric uh, cycle cycle uh, bikes. Uh, uh, yes, 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 e-bikes are yeah, the e-bikes. Yes. Uh, many of the, if you, uh, especially around where I live, there are very many silent motorbikes, mm-hmm. and they're all electric. So, I, I, on that note, I wanted to add that. I think there should also be legislation on how motor vehicles that are electric should sound. Mm-hmm. Because me karibu ni gongo na pikipiki, na ukujua kuna pikipiki because it's electric, aina yeah. sound. Oh. You're walking, <laughs> na unasikia. Uh, so, sound on, uh, any, uh, Rome. Yeah, so basically that's, that was the announcement they actually made today. Is it today or just this week, I think? Good. Um, let's revisit something that we also talked about in January. It looks like our monthly recap is full of hangovers from the last one. Um, the generative AI conversation, the era of large language models. When we talked last time, we were talking about chat GPT and the disruption that it's brought and all of those things and the future that it's heralded. In February, we go to see uh, those things move very fast. For instance, Google announced its own chat GPT competitor. Bad. That was, uh, what do you call this? Bad, bad AI. Bad. bad. Bad in the case of William Shakespeare is called the bad of Avon. B-A-R-D. Of Avon. <laughs> B-A-R-D. Yeah. And it flopped at this demo. So story for another day. It's <laughs> not flop, flop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, it's Google, you know, we associate Google with accuracy. We, as, a, as humanity, we went from uh, always backing up online searches because I was around at the time when search was coming, always backing up online searches with physical readings, books and everything to trusting online searches to we've also come uh, of age where everyone knows Wikipedia is a user entry encyclopedia online. But where it's also still the first place that we go to look up just about everything. Yeah, which says a lot about how we are going to trust um, this generative AI tools, especially the conversational ones like ChatGPT. There is hulabaloo all over because now we went from bad AI to an event the following day. Where yeah, Microsoft everyone yeah. wanted to be the first. Yeah. So Google where, announces yeah. Yeah. Where, where? announces something mm-hmm. it's not ready. <laughs> so we went to Microsoft events the where they, they announced that they are launching a supercharged being being with AI. Being with AI. I saw, being AI. Yeah, yeah. And the AI in this case being their long term project called Sydney, 
which yeah. has been in the works for years, but which is now has Part gotten a boost uh, by uh, GPT. Some are saying maybe if we are looking at GPT 4.0, because ChatGPT is powered by GPT 3.5. So GPT 4.0 is unreleased and it could be what powers the Bing. But the reason I'm bringing up Bing right now is because everyone has gone hysterical with the responses they are getting from Bing, which has forced <laughs> Microsoft to limit the number of time, uh, all of those. But the, if you had to draw parallels between what we are getting from these chatbots, because that's what they are, and what we used to get from Google search and Wikipedia will come a time where we'll just take everything they say, but it will be, it will be a while. Time, yeah. yeah. I signed up for being, uh, being uh, the new being yeah. and got in on the wait list. Arakasana, yeah. I was actually shocked. <laughs> I thought it will take forever to get in. You got in. Yeah. So I've been using being with, uh, being AI. I'm a, mm -hmm. the first time I was actually really impressed. Uh, what, what I really like from, uh, being a chat compared to the demo from Google bird is that being, uh, and, annotates every answer. So if it's giving you an answer and this, this was particularly uh, in any, uh, a cause of concern for me, because imagine I write an article mm -hmm. of say, Techno Phantom X2 Pro or the Reno 8T 5G, Cindy. Mm. And somebody goes to Bing AI and tells it, uh, can you tell me everything Dixon said on the review in like two sentences? So the AI will go and say everything and that person doesn't need to read my blog. So as a Ooh. publisher, this is a huge cause of concern. We are not, we are big publishers in the tech space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But there are bigger publishers that rely on AdSense. They rely on adverts. They mm -hmm. rely on that. So what happens to publishers and, uh, how does that affect content creation going forward? Mm -hmm. uh, will publishers need to publish content because AIs and search engines needs to survive based on content that's created. Yeah. If there's no content created, there will be nothing for the AI to answer. Mm -hmm. So where is the, uh, where's the merging point where you create content and you get adverts and being gets to scrap your content and give someone a one-line answer uh and you still make money so uh what i liked is that being annotates so if it gives you an answer you will find numbers to tell you where the content is from and which website and it tells you to read more on the website mm -hmm. google bad from the demo we haven't all interacted but because uh, they haven't opened it up for testing does not annotate it just gives you an answer because it believes it knows if you watch the demo mm -hmm. and that's the wrong thing with bad because you noticed uh with a demo on uh, Google launch day, there were answers that weren't correct. Yeah. So my interaction with being AI has been such that, uh, this, are, this is not really AI the way we, we would want to think. It does not think on its own. It's just a language model that yeah, can yeah. read words and give you a refreshing of those words. So in terms of being able to answer, it can, but the information is not accurate. For example, okay, you lose specs, the particular phone you'll notice, it doesn't get them correct. Also, uh, it doesn't really understand context in terms of time. So Kuna, sometimes it takes information from the past mm -hmm. and believes it's information for that time. And there's no way to uh, like be sure unless you really know what it's telling you is correct. So at the back of your mind, while using these platforms, you should know that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. They're just language models that can scrap the internet, get similar looking words and give you information yeah that's like why actually this week they released uh, the preview releases for android and iphone i think i think they did but i haven't accessed that my yeah, yeah, yeah. accessing being is on edge of the yeah. desktop yeah they they've brought them to 
to mobile. You know, the one thing that we forget about ChatGPT is uh, the GPT stands for Generative Pre-trained Transformer, uh, which is for those who are not well versed with computing terms, it means this is um, if they were to be a person who's been fed lots of text, lots of information, and now they are able to gobble it out on the other end. It's the largest artificial neural network of our time. Um, I think they were saying it's been fed over 175 billion uh, parameters. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So it does all those components. That's why a lot of uh, sometimes you will ask something and you just get a jumbled up text that doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> something I noticed uh, because I've used ChatGPT and I've used Bing AI is Bing AI cannot do most of the things ChatGPT can. Mm. It has uh, ChatGPT doesn't have current information. It will it will always give you information up to 2021. Send Wow. Bing AI has information up to one hour ago because it can read the news. Mm -hmm. uh, Bing has allowed you to be able to look at news. So, so the problem is uh, certain features that you could do with ChatGPT you can't do with Bing AI. Yet we are told it's powered by a new model of ChatGPT. For example, on ChatGPT I can just scrap content and tell it to rewrite it. If you do that on Bing AI it will tell you, oh, copyright problems, you can't rewrite, nini, 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 nini. On uh, until I think three days ago, you could chat with uh, Bing AI. You could ask it personal questions, try to uh, play with it to make it tell you. And people have done this. People have made it uh, tell them secret information about how it has been programmed and all that. Uh, but until uh, I think three days ago, now if you do that, it tells you uh, this conversation is over. <laughs> so every time you try and ask it something that it feels uh, could uh, violate its policies, this conversation is over. Yeah. Uh, I asked it, uh, do you record every information we talk about? And it said, don't tell me your secrets. <laughs> because I will have to, if it violates laws, you need it and for that, yeah. But apparently, um, MS, I mean, has been testing uh, Sydney for years, actually. I, yeah, yes, 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 It's yes. just that it's they, like want, being, they, yeah. want, they want going as fast as they would until have taken them much longer that's why they're investing uh word on the street is they gave open air what 10 billion yeah they've yeah. given them a lot of money yeah, yeah. we were saying i think in the last yeah. uh, monthly review yeah that microsoft spent so much money investing in open ai uh which could have cost the layoffs because uh yeah. money to uh, what i think we should notice that the race to this ai language predictive models is not over because uh microsoft would appear to have worn it, but Saiwa may limit so many of the functionalities. Mm. Still uh, in waitlist testing. Google hasn't yet launched, and we don't know uh, uh, how it shapes up in the future. What if Google's uh, uh, own software comes and works way better? Remember, we have Google Assistant and all that. So uh, there's still a lot to come, and I think this is not the end. Like people are saying, Google is done. Yeah. Good. I want to bring you back to the layoffs i forgot to highlight uh and this should affect all the nerds who are listening to this because at one time or the other we've gone to digital ocean to use their massive nice to tech tutorials uh the entire technical writing team at digital ocean was fired as part of the tech layoffs and it's one of the saddest things ever yeah. anyway moving nice. on team the entire team moving on swiftly uh we talked about Twitter, Elon Musk, craziness, uh, all of those things, and some of these features coming elsewhere, like Facebook is doing with their verification. Um, one of the things that, you, when was it? Was it last month or December when they brought this whole new colored 
verification badges where we have grayed out gold. for government officials yeah. gold for businesses businesses of pretty much everyone and then <laughs> uh, the rest who are playing for Twitter blue get the blue and those who had been verified pre mask get to stay with the blue check marks and they have a description that their legacy accounts they may or may not be notable um now that gold check might have been given to a business but mask wants apparently in leaked conversations ask once businesses, businesses to, pay. to pay for them and how much they cost again thousand dollars a month so Dixon, if 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 you had a bunch of staffers working for you at techish and they all got blue check marks cutter silver uh, company and techish has of course the gold check mark uh, will you pay a thousand dollars to sustain that operation no of course no <laughs> but like i said at the beginning of this podcast some of musk's ideas appear crazy when they are mentioned but they make then the give it a few weeks and a few months every other company will be doing it uh, so maybe not a thousand dollars uh for kenyan companies uh maybe say 50 100 but over time it will be that way mm-hmm. if it takes off Facebook will do it because it takes of yeah. WhatsApp remember WhatsApp business because it's an easy way of making money yes. $1000 by user yeah. yeah WhatsApp business WhatsApp hasn't been monetized yeah. properly mm-hmm. yeah. it's the biggest messaging platform yeah. so what if Meta just decides mm-hmm. you're a business you want to be verified on WhatsApp business payers uh, 10k per month we will do this 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 to make you notable no no it appears crazy but it will kiongea kwa whatsapp group my messages are yeah. more prominent yeah. Yeah. but the interesting thing is in mute with yeah. guys yeah. Yeah. the interesting thing is actually people are actually signing up for like for like for trouble people are signing up uh, yes people are uh, like we we trade with we actually trade with the tech trends page and uh-huh. we got the verification like okay i was just trying to see what features are really coming and i mean it was very fine you can now tweet yes, and, characters uh, and, and edit my tweets uh-huh. you know post longer videos and all that mm. um and uh, uh, i know the article doing i was doing around it They were saying around 300,000 people already signed already up. signed yeah. up. and that's a yeah. big number actually for and th- that's big numbers for a company that since its inception hasn't found a good way of ma- making money yeah. uh, twitter uh makes the news for the world mm-hmm. on a, a trending topic on twitter then you find screenshots on whatsapp yeah. where on every other platform but twitter hasn't really found a way of monetizing that until now so the thing it's crazy like, but i think it will take off yeah what really sounded crazy and you didn't like was the paying for 2fa no paying for two factor that yes. yes. sms but, but he explained it well he said yeah. that uh nini telcos are giving them huge bills eh oh okay <laughs> Yeah, uh, if I to go back to ChatGPT, ChatGPT, I logged in in the morning and I got a prompt that I can jump the queue because it does get crowded in there. Uh, because in Kenya, we are one of the markets where you can access ChatGPT Pro. So, we have a Twitter blue subscriber here. You also on ChatGPT Pro? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Dixon? No, I I I I always refresh. Wakati nasema kuna problems with mm. answering because there's nothing better you're getting with ChatGPT Pro or Plus or whatever and uh just no downtimes but uh why would you pay when the answers are the same so yeah. just refresh i'm going wait for the downtime to be over and you'll get your answer i use chat gpt a lot so i i don't think i'll pay yeah thank you for helping train it for us june <laughs> are you <No>. paying <laughs> no. have you ever used chat gpt though i haven't and i'm very you, embarrassed uh, to say this but i'm literally logging in now At least I have a Dali account guys. At least I have a a, a Dali account. 
maybe but but on the other hand don't feel so guilty maybe it's a you know we live in our own bubbles we are always on the cutting edge trying to catch up maybe even majority of our listeners don't bother with chat gpt and we are in over ourselves anyway uh moving on but it's quickly. the fastest uh platform to 100 million users yeah it, i it, two, it t- took two months a hundred days i don't uh something of interest that has happened uh in this month i'm not sure if either of you two gentlemen covered it and i don't know if junior followed it because uh it involves the courts lawyers and all those things uh flatterweb uh should be africa's biggest fintech or something uh, that is not mpesa uh got off the hook uh in kenya they had run into regulatory issues they had their accounts frozen all of those things and all of a sudden the coast is clear uh is called ugb has been around mm-hmm. they even have a local team and they're hiring so oh, they're hiring okay yeah yeah they're hiring <laughs> so if you're listening to this uh, podcast it's not all te- uh it's not all gloom in tech there are people who are hiring yeah. mm-hmm. i remember I, i remember covering covering that and i think the first people to report about you know um their charges being dropped was bloomberg So actually everyone went and picked the story from Bloomberg. Mm. So um then I think last week I saw you know um all the money that has been frozen from them when to issue all the money. So what I didn't understand is so uh, did this mean they're now free to operate in Kenya because uh, when you see the list the CBK released the other day about license uh, payments of its providers mm-hmm. they don't they don't they don't fee uh, uh they're not anywhere on that list yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not sure if that means they're not uh, free to operate you know in Kenya because I, I use I use Flutterway but when there was kicker of the market that I couldn't even log through I mean to the app I mean when you look to the app you can't even see Kenya that's what was happening yeah. so I'm not sure you know what this means is it they are really not operate chances say they're hiring so maybe I don't know June what's your understanding now that this is all legal stuff that we don't know yeah so I'm literally on Kenya law trying to pull up the cases and I can't find it so I I'm, I just, I'm really active in this space so I'd like to think that I would have access to those pleadings if they were publicly available and I personally mm-hmm. have not set my eyes on them so no comments <laughs> <laughs> Good Dixon you have any uh, nothing Uh in January we highlighted Starlink that it will come here at least in Q2 yes. and it will also be going to TZ mm-hmm. Uh this month they got cleared Rural to in Nigeria. In, 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 no, no, Nigeria was last month in Rwanda. In Rwanda oh, yeah. yeah, last month they did Nigeria and they also did get approvals in Malawi and now they're in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. But this month is the is the time Nimeona Nigerian content creators like Sema Oh, no no. Uh, no, they rising. No, they are yeah, they're, they're able to access it basically, oh, but yeah. the announcement was from the from previous month. month. Yeah. Yes. Yes, so it What was, I know ni uh, we had, Pardon? No sorry I was just going to ask did you see the Tanzania tweet where the regulator pushed back at Elon through a tweet and told them uh, we actually told you that you need to meet some certain requirements before this is available in Tanzania did you guys see that Allah oh, oh Allah. I didn't see that wow is, so someone tweeted so Elon mm-hmm. put out the tweet and then someone tweeted at him and said oh mm-hmm. we'd love to have this in in Tanzania or something to the effect and then Elon said oh we, your government hasn't given us approval one ministry government official came back with receipts and he literally tweeted back at Elon and said <laughs> we already told you guys this are the list of requirements you need to meet uh, from a regulatory standpoint and you haven't done it so that's mm-hmm. why so that was interesting to see oh, nice yeah i'll go check that up but i love me an Elon roast anytime 
<laughs> Good. Uh, now, yeah, staying with lawyers, we had uh, in in when we were doing the January roundup, we thought it will take long. Maybe sometime last week is when we would have seen this happen, but it happened right after we did our recording. Safaricom got a new chairman. He has a difficult name. Adil who? Okay, let me no, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that one and he's is a is a is a lawyer. Um I don't know, June, what does this at least uh mean? Uh Safaricom has a new chairman, the 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 uh, other new chairman just exited now. We have a yeah, new one. Kaw- uh, yeah, Kawaja, okay. yeah, yeah, Kawaja, whatever. Uh any thoughts? I think for me it's just that lawyers are very good leaders. <laughs> is this a chat gpt <laughs> no but it's interesting to see how the dynamic changes i think one of you guys put a post mm-hmm. saying um bob has i mean bob's legacy or rather bob's um or was it abuya where they said that um bob's executive director not ex- executive committee has now been all gotten rid of like the management oh, yeah team, yeah yeah the execs now- left in place yeah yeah, and Peter is yeah. now putting his in place. So it's interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. Um, what changes, what stays. I think it's an interesting kind of. Any Safaricom shareholder? None, None of us are shareholders. shareholders. Okay. Okay, um, yeah. um, because by. Oh, yes. Are you not? Yes. You don't have Safaricom shares. No, I'm not. Safaricom shares. Nope. Yeah. I, I do. I have bonga points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm also a shareholder then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to ask a Safaricom shareholder what they think of the new chairman. Now as a Safaricom shareholder, not as a lawyer. No opinion. No comment. Okay. I mean, I think... I don't, Don't worry, your shares won't go down after you make the remarks. But to be fair, on a serious note, I mean, I think Safaricom is one of the biggest and most leading companies, at least on the continent. Um, let's not even talk about just in Kenya. And I know by the time that they're getting executive leaders or putting anyone in leadership positions, they have like a very thorough process and check. Um, obviously, there's political issues there as well that we are not ignorant to. But then I guess we wait and see. We hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And actually, that was not the only appointment Safaricom. Yeah, at the start uh, of the month, the, uh, the, the chairman came in towards the end of January. But the reason we are talking about those appointments is because at the start of February, Peter moved in to clean houses. He had a bunch of chief officers coming in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. cover them, Nick? Yes, I did. So uh, Esther Masese, uh, she was appointed the chief financial service officer. Uh, then they appointed... Um, Have you guys watched her Engage talk? Oh, oh really? There is. Nope, nope. I, I heard about her for the first time when I saw the press release of her appointment in my inbox. Maybe I've I've overlooked her in the past, but now definitely she's on yeah, the spotlight. She's a superstar, at least in the finance space. Oh. It's interesting to see. Yeah, and has like a wealth of experience, I think largely in SA, but then across SSA as well. So it's interesting to see how that plugs into Safari Command where they're going now. And we had a Zizwe Award yeah. if I pronounce that correct. Uh, joining Safaricom as the director for brand and marketing. marketing. Yeah, so it has cleaned house. Okay, if we are to stay in Telco, the biggest story of the last two days is Isim. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I, I was at the launch. Yeah, you are the launch. Tell us, please. Um, Airtel has not invited me for anything for the <laughs> three years. <laughs> I was at the launch yesterday morning, and even the... Um, 
They are C- is it CEO for Africa or C- yeah, yeah, CEO for yeah. Airtel Africa. Yeah, he my pe- before seven, my page on FB is down because Airtel reports yes. <laughs> at here I had violated their copyright message training really? yeah. Airtel mobile money article. Allah. So yeah, and the Yeah. So yeah, the launch was actually good but maybe it should have been just, you know, Labinanime. Yeah, an email or something. Yes. <laughs> but at least we go to But I'm going to get my eSIM. Yeah. yeah. But at least we go to get some very interesting news about uh you know the CEOs talking about how uh, Kenyans can now buy shares in in, in Airtel starting around they're, oh. they're thinking about that as well. They're thinking of going public. Yeah, going public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but of course the major highlight was you know the eSIM launch. Okay. Yeah. As a as a customer as As a, as a Kenyan, not a customer, will you buy Airtel shares, Airtel Kenya? <laughs> okay, that's a tough one. I think yeah. I would. Um, no, no, um, yes no question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> why would you? Why not? Uh, why not? Because do they do they make even profits? Actually, <laughs> that's the. Thing. I don't know about the profitability. The but I think. Uh, I think going public uh, gives Airtel. Uh, an I edge. think uh, an edge. Um, uh, more money to. Do all these investments that they need to do. First of all, they are planning to roll out 5G and all the best because Safaricom 5G has been quite disappointing. On the 5G, before you go on, yeah. I I remember asking the CEO, yeah. Ruliza Swali during that press conference. Okay, you said you're going to launch 5G, mm. but what they didn't do is they didn't give it. They were keeping a timeline. So yes. like also when I come here, no, okay, we can't give timelines. But timelines are okay because Safaricom 5G has been talked about since pandemic. Nini, we can now access Safaricom 5G on my Safaricom app. I got uh, a prompt for a 5G only bundle oh. and it's expensive it's expensive let me just check right now uh it's 10000 shillings for 200 GB 5G ready so that's quite expensive but uh 200 GB for 10k anyway so i think they can take their time with 5G everyone around the world is uh sort of disappointed with 5G mm-hmm. the speeds are not at what as what we are promised I love the the hassle of always being in line of sight and all that. Yeah. You get into a building there's no 5G and all that. But Airtel's major problems have been that uh there's a very big uh player in the market uh that people can argue is dominant. They don't see themselves as dominant because arguments are made that a dominant player can only be termed as dominant when they are abusing their dominance and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh now that Safaricom uh now that Airtel can is looking to become a public company you can argue that it's a kenyan company mm. uh because all this time you can view, you, we can have viewed airtel as an an uh, a foreign company entering entering the market But yeah he, so once it's owned and part of kenya i think there are things that they can stand to benefit from one of the things has been the fact that for many t- for a very long time when you think about mobile money you've always been thinking about nini uh, sindio airtel has already broken up airtel telco where money sindio So there is a view that uh, as a Kenyan company uh, even when building a platform or working with certain things Airtel can be considered as a means of payment and all that because that has been the upper edge for Safaricom Mpesa you find that uh, uh, public government facilities at a e-citizen nanini for the longest time watu wengi wanafikiria tu hapo Kenya unaweza lipa nani Mpesa uende kwa government office na vitu kaizo so i think going public will give Airtel this uh, understand that i don't know the word to use but that they are a kenyan company and that you can transact with them na vitu kaizo yeah and you know the way they are doing this apparently um last year the state and in april last year the state unveiled a licensing policy that gave telcoms up to march 2024 to ensure local ownership of at least like 30%, 30%. Uh, yeah 
which i don't think that's that's interesting now some one of you asked about yes go on june they actually had like an infinite um exemption for a very long time they got like an exemption from the local shareholding rule but that has obviously come up um, in policy circles and i think that's going to be revised very soon so why why do they have an exemption i'm curious now well it was building the country and the economy for my own uh-huh. yeah. yeah this political <laughs> arrangement <laughs> no but the, the, yeah. they were yeah. the only Interest. company for a long time that had an exemption it was a ministerial exemption and also for years because typically you should uh-huh. have um meet you should meet the local shareholding threshold in about three years or so i need to confirm but they had, and, they had yeah and they've been around since 99 exemption it's the same atel no 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 they've inherited the sins of their yeah, fathers because, <laughs> because they have two options yeah i think the other yeah. thing as yeah. well which i think is interesting to highlight as airtel is starting to make moves as well last year they got 194 million they got a loan from the isc yeah. to support universal yeah, and affordable yeah, yeah. broadband access across six countries so that might also ah, that's airtel africa right africa, yeah. yes airtel africa airtel africa but i'd be interested in seeing how that plays out um for Kenya specifically they also partnered with American Tower last year to have more fuel efficient infrastructure yeah, they I, had a deal in October that, that's remember. interesting to see as well and they have lots of partnerships okay. with Nokia money yeah and Airtel Africa by itself is actually doing very, very well, well uh, they they had a 12% growth in profit last year but they did us an injustice by not telling us what their Kenyan arm was doing the latest figures we have for their Kenyan arm Uh, from 2021 when it made a loss of i think 1.7 billion shillings so we don't know what they did in 2022 uh, that would be an interesting number to uh, to look at and the other thing we don't talk often is uh, june you travel a lot uh, one of the best lines to have is your airtel line and traveling across african countries yes True. yes 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 they have that one africa plan i went to nigeria and my entire time i was there i was tethering <laughs> like i'm in kenya because i had lots of bundles courtesy of airtel and i only i didn't even mind the black holes in nigeria i was just fine <laughs> so yeah airtel is doing well and if they can i i hope the local arm can grow and give safaricom a run for its money will all of us will be better for it Yeah, because, because i mean they re- they re- uh, they released their revenues i think last week mm-hmm. and they're talking about hitting 523 million dollars in revenues yeah, and that, that was okay. a pretty, yeah. no the africa yeah, oh, oh, and that was like a 12 percent increase yeah. from you know the previous year so that's actually good now uh, yeah um finishing up with telcos there is one who isn't so happy um uh, since africa runs equitel uh, of course their mother is the equity bank group and this week somebody tabled something interesting in parliament uh, and they are going to summon the the industry regulator that's the central bank of kenya and the anti bank fraud unit uh, to have them share with the senate what they are doing about all the cases of fraud uh, that have been reported if you are looking at kenyan social media over the last 3 4 weeks it's been fire yeah 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 and uh, the senate uh, the senator who brought this to the floor of there was actually mentioned uh, by name equity bank and a specific <laughs> case oh. so that will be interesting to hear how it happens because if the senate rules on this and the specific senate committee that uh, the senator asked does provide further guidance that uh, 
shows a way of how to operate, then we might stop finally having silence because every other time these cases get reported, then what we get is we are treated to silence. And if you are like one of us, you prod equity for an answer, they'll tell you this is an investigation, yeah. they can't comment. And most times in Aisha Evo, we never get to hear the end of the matter. Yet those cases are many, they are not isolated. There's obviously something cooking. If the Senate issues guidelines, maybe somewhere everyone will have to follow. Lastly, we talked about something here. Uh, there are still two things we need to talk about, but there's one major thing of interest because we've seen the results today. Just the day when we are recording the podcast. Loop, Dixon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Loop. Uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> Loop is reducing. <laughs> Loop is reducing transaction uh, fees, oh, so they, they will, yes, yeah. they've announced, uh, let, let it just load, that uh, that the pay bill number, which has never been free, it is actually the most expensive pay bill number a bank for the longest time, mm -hmm. will now be free. So if you top up via M-Pesa, all cash deposits into Loop will be free. Second thing is, uh, they have updated their Loop rates, so Loop to mobile number, uh, mobile till numbers is free. That has always been free. Then Loop to mobile pay bill. If you're paying your M-Pesa pay bill from Loop, they've updated their fees. They're now almost at par with Safaricom's M-Pesa pay bill fees. Uh, they, they were really expensive. Then Loop to mobile money has been reduced. I, I paid 24 shillings to send 800 bob. 24 shillings to send 800 bob. They've reduced that to uh, 12 shillings. Uh, They've reduced uh, this to much. Uh, uh, mostly mobile money up to above 3,500 where it will be 48 shillings. Uh, they have maintained loop to loop transaction fees, uh, which is weird because I'm sending from your platform to your platform, equity to equity remains free. Uh, so uh, the loop to loop is free up to 500 shillings, then above 506 bob, then 36 bob. Then loop to PESA link is free up to 500 shillings, then 60 bob flat. Then loop to a TGS is 60, then loop to EFT is 60. Yeah. So still uh, on that pay, on that plot, on this issue, IM this month announced that uh, yes. IM yeah. to MPESA is free. <laughs> so I am opening my IM and <laughs> very soon. Yes. Because Wait. I think it makes more sense to uh, have me send money to myself for free. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So will you be changing your Twitter user to INM stan account? Imagine Mimi Pole Pole. If loop, I think this is okay. Uh, these are fairer charges than most of the Nini. If you look at the comparisons, but it's still is. I think free is better than six bob, yeah. and free is better than twelve bob. Yeah. The thing that uh, will get more people on loop is depositing money to your account is free. It's free. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think depositing to INM will not be free. But if you're a personing a uh, person earning a salary it makes sense to be on IM so that you can earn your salary on IM uh cash your check on the IM because loop doesn't cash checks and all that and and withdraw it to your mpesa for free yeah good i'm going to walk through three things that happened in the month one is the launch of the oppo reno ht series which we've covered, in, covered a in a separate podcast you should listen to yeah and then we got 114 developer preview one yeah um no it's a housekeeping update android has matured there's not much it's not 10 years ago when there used to be so many groundbreaking things nope it's just housekeeping issues tiny tiny things that we like some that are even available on android skins yeah and i want we to hear a small mark update 
Oh yeah. Uh, that so, dealt with but I want to hear uh, did any of you go to the African Tech Summit? Nick? Nope, I didn't because I didn't get an invite. Okay. <laughs> Despite them actually <laughs> being all over my tickets. inbox. They, they were you know. tickets. You could have bought. No, no. Uh me at a the, the best thing to do if 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 you keep sending me content to cover for you about your event, the best thing to do is I mean give me an invite as a media to attend. Yeah. Okay. So but you managed to attend. But there were some interesting announcements actually from that summit. Good. Uh, the last thing that I want us to focus on, June, these are our points of interest. Uh, Nokia. Nokia had a bunch of devices in Feb every other week. I haven't uh, covered right? them. There was the T21 <laughs> T- <laughs> T- T- tablet came. T21, which was a new phone. And the yeah, yeah, and the new phone is so horrible, I don't know why it exists. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I said, have I you covered Nokia? These guys don't like Nokia phones. No, like no. Uh, I, 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 be honest, wait, wait. Canali, Be honest. I, I, I it's don't it's put me on the spot. It's it's a when we are recording the our review of the Operano HT. I actually said most times I have to to be like to nitpick when it comes to things I don't like in a phone. So I'm at a point where I generally like every other phone that's brought to me to review or that I get to cover. That's how matured mobile tech has come. There's something for everyone. At this point, you'll dismiss something out of preferences, not because it's so I, bad it doesn't deserve. Yes, but that's what the Nokia C12. Yes. The C12. Yeah, the C12. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, it's not a matter of preference. It's 11K. 11K. How many GB um, storage? <laughs> Let me just look at those specs here. Me, I didn't cover. I, I think. I think. The, I think the best Nokia phones are those flagship of theirs. You know, they are really no, canally, no. <laughs> we've not. We've not had a well, good Nokia G- phone in our life. Uh-huh. And 64 gigs of internal storage. Okay. And processor uh, Unisoc. Yeah. Uh, a 28 <laughs> nanometer process Unisoc in 2023. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> anyway, this month I published my review of the Phantom X2 Pro. As you check it out, oh, yeah. where I argue on the case of techno uh, moving into flagship status. Yeah. Anything else? June can t- June kuna chikrote yeah. before we. Yeah. Um. A quick one around Twitter and Elon Musk. Um. Normally, Twitter and other tech companies publish transparency reports where they they um, report on any law enforcement issues they've dealt with, any requests for information, user data, and the like. Um, Twitter was supposed mm-hmm. to release theirs. Typically, they do around this time, but we haven't seen it yet. So it's an ongoing conversation, like you said, being <laughs> run as a startup. So we wait until we actually get that data or not. <laughs> they haven't even been paying rent in Europe. You are worried about the reports. I, even their Slack account. I saw a tweet about their Slack account. Uh, even their code, right? <laughs> so I spoke to like a senior, yeah. a former senior developer, and she says like even the code was messy, like the back end was messy. So they have bigger the, problems. There the, the are lots of, for us who use Twitter almost on a daily basis, there are lots of tiny, tiny things all over the place that are just not working. And yeah, the whole thing is just a mess. And uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, um, 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 where you tried to follow yeah. someone and you couldn't follow people. Was it when a few, yes. a few days ago? Yeah. 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 DM is broken. Yeah. DM is broken. I'm holding a MacBook right now, and the, like they forgot the Mac Twitter app ever exists. Yeah, I know. Like all these features we are talking about, none has ever come to that app. Like. I mean, you, you spoke about trend, and I saw a tweet today. Someone saying how uh, Twitter employees have been locked out of the Slack account because apparently <laughs> Elon didn't pay for that new. Yeah. It was just uh, normally a CEO willing to be obsessed about tiny things like paying for subscriptions, but most likely the person who does that was fired. So yeah. <laughs> true. So we wait and yeah. see. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I think uh, this will be controversial, but I think it if the company was running now to what na sai na raniwa na mtu mmoja after 44 billion mm-hmm. and we can still tweet <laughs> wow it's wow. they were not necessary because do you even see how long they take to even approve stuff we applied with blue when you were testing with tech trends the other day yeah it was approved I think yesterday I think much there after how long yeah like almost three weeks i think i mean yeah. it has go it has to reach elon musk <laughs> he approves the one by one website the same nini kunews <laughs> anyway, uh, gentlemen, lady, it's been an honor, a privilege to have you uh, sharing with us what the highlights of the month have been. We hope to do this in a few weeks when we'll be reviewing much. We hope there'll be lots of good news in much uh, phones that we really like, no one getting fired, lots of good stuff happening. Uh, I've been your host, Chenzo Emmanuel. Dixon Etienne. Nick Canali. Juno Kao. Oh. See you next time. Bye. Uh.